Welcome to the Inner Sauce. It's a podcast about stuff. Yeah! Saucy fam! What's going on, people? How you guys doing? Welcome back to the Inner Sauce. Episode 7. Episode 7. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. How you guys doing? How you living? You look good. You smell good. You must be good. I guess. I don't know. You never really know, do you? You never really know. That happens to be uh, what's on my mind today. Uh, a lot of you. I would think all of you. But most of you, if not all of you, know my primary form of content is reaction videos and we react primarily to music some comedy and some other stuff if you don't know what i'm talking about for one where have you been you know for two head over to youtube type in saucy dad and uh, enjoy the rabbit hole. Creeping up on 700 videos. I saw that number today. I was like, wow. So it's a lot of videos. And uh, yeah, so I was honestly going to put this up until tomorrow. Because I was uninspired. I didn't have anything on my mind that I felt was worthy of an inner sauce episode. But that changed. Changed pretty significantly in the last reaction that I did before I was going to call it a day. Friend of the channel, an artist by the name of Peter Hollins. Amazing guy. Just such a great guy. He's got almost 3 million subscribers. Very successful independent artist. Does all kinds of really cool projects. And uh, every time I happen to react one of his video, every time I happen to react to one of his videos, he takes the time out of his day to comment and interact with my subscribers and give his feedback on my video, like just stuff that most people don't do in today's world. So I'm a big Peter Hollins fan for that reason, but also just as an artist, he's, he's incredibly talented and, uh, I've heard him cover, man, I've heard him cover a wide, a very wide variety of music as far as artists, genres, but I came across one that he released five years ago, almost to the day. And it was a tribute to Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington. If you don't know who that is, Chester Bennington was the lead singer of Lincoln Park. And um, he committed suicide. And this tribute 
I did pretty good. I held it together all the way to the end of it. And then Peter made a comment and I just kind of fell apart right on camera. So that's out there on the internet forever. But I couldn't possibly care less as far as any negative connotations or whatever. I, I would not be sitting here if that phased me or if I was concerned with how, how I was going to be perceived, perceived, God, me and the English language just, it's a, it's a constant battle, I tell you. But yeah, man, um, <clears throat> beautiful, beautiful tribute, first of all, unbelievable, he did such an amazing job, he, uh, it was kind of a medley of sorts, it was a blend of I think four or five different Linkin Park songs. And he just did an amazing job. And then at the end of it, uh, he talked to his viewers for about a minute and a half, two minutes. About two minutes. And do you know how... Do you know how you'll have something on your mind from time to time? Maybe you're really struggling with something could be anything. Maybe you're really struggling with something and you, you just keep it to yourself because that's the type of person you are. I'm looking at me when I say that. Um, but maybe you just keep it to yourself. You don't want to bother anybody with your problems. You want people to think that you're doing good. You want people to think that you don't have any issues or anything like that. And then somebody really close to you, somebody that you're really comfortable with, will point blank say what they think it is, and you uncontrollably just, your wall completely tumbles down, and your emotions just come out in the form of a good old-fashioned cry. Does that ever happen to you? Has that ever happened to you? And you just thought you completely had it all together. And, uh, yeah, that couldn't have been further from the truth. <laughs> um, so that happened to me. I listened to that whole song. I think the song itself was about five minutes long. He did a great job again. So I was feeling pretty emotional. I was feeling pretty vulnerable, if you will, by the end of it. And uh, he looked at the camera and he said, you know, mental health is a very serious thing. It needs to be talked about. And then all he said was, I've been dealing with depression my entire life. And for whatever reason, that very simple sentence popped my balloon. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had to take a break from the camera for a second just so I could speak and do my outro. But then I kind of went on a little rant in my video. And in that rant, I said, thank you, Peter. 
I had no idea what I was going to talk about on my podcast until this very moment. Everything happens for a reason. I definitely believe that. And uh, me accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally finding that video of his that's five years old at that moment in time. And the message that it happened to contain beyond inspired me to do this episode right here. And, you know, one of the things Peter said that I kind of took a little further in my video, but I'll say again here, is for some reason... There's so many things in this world. There's so many sicknesses, diseases, illnesses, just terrible human conditions that, you know, if there's something wrong with you, you just get it taken care of. Like, what are you waiting for? Get it taken care of. Do something about it. For some reason, mental health Still, after all these years, after all the knowledge, after everything we know about humans and how significant an impact mental health has on us, it still has this very weird stigma and negative connotations attached to it. I really don't understand it, to be totally frank. I really, I just don't understand it. The reason I don't understand it would be, well, without it, nothing else matters. If you don't have your mental health, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much your family loves you. Not Nothing else matters if that box isn't checked off. If your mental health isn't healthy, nothing else matters. There's certain things in this world, you know, we did an episode about addiction, which we're going to revisit for sure. But this definitely, you know, this is directly tied to addiction. You'd be hard-pressed to find people with addiction that didn't... You'd be hard-pressed to find people that suffer from addiction and don't also suffer from a mental health disease whether it be depression or whatever it might be, you'd be hard-pressed. You can find them. I'm not debating that. They are out there. I know of some myself, so I know you do too. But you'd still be hard-pressed. And that's because, like I just said, if you don't have that in order, nothing else matters. And it's, it's no coincidence the way the human body was constructed right? 
I might be reaching here, but think about it. What's the what's on the very top of our body? What's on the very top of our body? It's it's your noggin. It's your melon. It's where all the it's where all the magic happens, right? It's where your brain is. It's where everything happens. It's where your thoughts and all that crazy stuff that we're capable of. It's where it all takes place. And if you kind of work your way down the human body and think of the human body as a priority list with the head being number one, well, I mean, the hands are probably what? Number four or five? It doesn't matter what you do with your hands. Nothing that you do with your hands means a damn thing if number one isn't in the green, if number one isn't taken care of and healthy, number two, which I guess I would say maybe your mouth and your, your throat, right? Let's think about this. Number three, your heart. So think about that as your love for others. Okay. And then number four, your hands. Number five, your legs. Number six, your feet. Well, I guess number five could be your legs and your feet. So where you're going, what you're, you know, where you're traveling, what you're working on with your hands, who you love with your heart, none of that matters. And I don't mean that literally. Of course, it matters that you love people, that you care for people. That will always matter. I guess a better way to put it would be none of it. None of it is good for you. How about that? None of it is good for you unless you start with the first priority. Your melon. You, you, the mental health aspect it's so ignored. We take, you know, we everybody, especially today, we're all trying to eat healthy. We're all trying to lose weight. We're all trying to be active and exercise. We're all trying to watch how we talk, right, with our mouths. We're all trying to to be kind with our hearts. We're, all of this stuff is totally accepted in society. It's not just accepted, it's encouraged and promoted, rightfully so. I don't think that should ever go anywhere that, you know, those are great human traits. Those are great capabilities that we have as human beings. But why do we skip number one? Why is that such a, it's like voodoo, man. It has such a weird stigma about it. Why? At the end of that video, I made a statement, something along the lines of, I didn't know the numbers because I had never looked it up before, but I said, the numbers are staggering as far as the percentage of adults or people, because it's, you know, depression is much like addiction. It, uh, it does not discriminate. If you are a human being, you can suffer from it. Point blank period. You're never too young. You're never too old. You're never too skinny. You're never too large. You're never too tall. You're never too short. 
It does not discriminate. White, black, blue, yellow, brown, I, I don't care. It does not discriminate. And the numbers are staggering. Staggering how many people suffer from depression or mental health issues. Now, now, knowing that, consider the fact, like myself, and millions upon millions, I mean, I don't even know, tens of millions, at least tens of millions, probably more, have never have never addressed it, have never even admitted to anybody, maybe not even themselves, that they have it. So consider how staggering those numbers are and the fact that it's probably quadruple that if you actually added in the people that have never come forward and said they had it. Because that number, that staggering figure, doesn't include me. It doesn't include a dozen other people right off the top of my head that I know that would absolutely be included in that number. How many do you know? How many does your friend know? How many do your parents know? How... It's, it's nuts. I mean, it's nuts. The fact that we it completely ignore it and not just ignore it, the fact that people are made to feel weak or less than for having a mental health issue, I mean, come on. It blows, it blows me away when you really think about it. I mean, I, at the same time, I'm a pretty uh, observant person, you know? I feel like I have a, a good amount of common sense to me. So if I really sat down and thought about why, I could give you reasons why. But um, that's not the point. There is no good reason. There is no good reason why it has this stigma, why it is so, such a negative thing for somebody to admit they are depressed and they have a mental health issue that needs to be taken care of. It's such a, it's like a big weakness, you know? Everybody that either doesn't have it or refuses to acknowledge and admit they have it <clears throat> looks at people that do like they're weak. I'm here to tell you, you are, you could not possibly be more wrong. You could not possibly be more wrong. <clears throat> Consider the fact that one of the three people you worked with today are suffering with depression. Were they as helpful as you at the job? Were they as productive were they as nice to the people around them? Were they as functional as you today? Chances are you're going to say yes. Almost every time. Now think about how hard that was for you and what was on your mind. What was on your mind was the task at hand. Was getting the job done. Was simply point A to point B. This is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to leave. That other person, maybe more next to you, is doing all of those things while battling this never-ending conversation in their head about why 
nobody likes them or why they're not good enough or why they've got a hundred other things that they should be doing if they knew how to approach doing them or whatever it might be, whatever it might be. The, the symptoms, if you will, vary. But you're going to call them weak? The person that just did everything you did today, they're weak? Ah, boy. I hate to think what you consider yourself if they're weak. If they're doing everything you're doing while having that battle of demons in their head around the clock, man, what's that make you? Huh? I mean, seriously, if they're weak, uh, you, you might want to hit the gym or something. I don't know. I don't know. They are the strongest people you've ever met. They walk around with these, with these mountains on their shoulders, a lot of them for their entire life because they don't want to they don't want to bother anybody else with their problems and they refuse to show it. They just hide it. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. That's all you'll hear. That's all you'll ever hear. And whether you have a feeling or not that they're not do it, what happens in the end? You go your separate ways and they're left to fight those battles while maintaining their life. While, you know, their bills aren't going anywhere. Their kids aren't going to feed themselves. Their house isn't going to take care of them itself. Their job's not going to take care of itself. Their responsibilities aren't going anywhere. So you might want to really think about it. When you, when you make an assumption about what somebody else is going through, you might want to really, really grab a mirror real quick. And just try to, I mean, you can't, I'm going to tell you, just absolutely, you cannot put yourself in their shoes, but just, just imagine just for a second, just try to imagine having the same schedule that you have today or tomorrow or whatever your hardest day is. You have that same schedule. Now add the inability to focus on those things with all of your focus, with all of your attention. Remove your ability to completely apply yourself because you don't even, you, you, it's not that you don't know how it's you, you can't because so much of you is, and I mean this literally 24 seven occupied before you wake up, when you go to sleep, while you dream, so much of you is occupied around the clock that you don't have all of you to apply to these things. It's not, it's not an option. It's not something you can do. <clears throat> I talked about it really briefly at the end of, um, at the end of episode six last week about how I had recently learned what imposter syndrome is. For those of you that didn't hear that, imposter syndrome is basically you ref you, you're you not capable of believing that you deserve any amount of success. No matter how good you are at whatever it might be, when you get to a certain point, 
you feel like it's it's a fluke or you, you know it was just by chance or luck or you don't deserve it you know i this shouldn't be happening to me i don't deserve this you know i'm not good enough for this and it sounds i'm telling you it's even to me having lived it for all of my working years even to me it still sounds corny and cliche but you know why it sounds like that it sounds like that because of everybody i've ever talked to about it it's outside of the world of addiction by the way which is kind of crazy i had to get addicted just to learn about my mental health problems but anyway maybe i would have even if i didn't i can't i'll never know that because my path is my path what i've done is what i've done the choices i made were made they were in the past whatever you know what i'm saying so when i sit back and think about that that it even me right now present day coming out of my mouth saying that it still sounds corny it still sounds cliche it sounds weak because of how it's always been talked about around me because of the societal stigma that is on that topic in general because of the way society looks at that as a weakness especially as a as a man as a provider you are the last one that's allowed to have a weakness or i mean needs at all really if we're being totally honest right which i'm not here to be anything but totally honest so i apologize if this isn't for you but the, i mean that's that's the truth that's the tr that's how i feel saying that even knowing everything i know now that's crazy that's crazy that it's left that much of a stain on me on my mind and my heart that I feel, I, I just feel like, man, what is wrong with me? Like what? Really? Just, just get over it. You know, just get over it. What is wrong with you? You, you did it. You earned it. So obviously you deserve it. You worked for it. God knows you worked for it. But that's, that's a real thing. And imposter syndrome, it's, it's just a, it's a, another flavor of mental health issues. It's another flavor of depression. So, like I told you earlier, I don't know the numbers. So, uh, I decided to look them up. <laughs> look at me, huh? I'm a, I'm a real live reporter now. No, but this is even kind of crazy. So this is, uh, for those that are just listening, usafacts.org, okay? The depression rate in America, just in America, 19.6%, think about that, 19.6% of adults suffer with depression as of the last time this poll was taken was 2020. So as of 2020, which is already two years ago, 20%. In 2017, it was 20.5%. And it's been, it's basically been 20% for the last five years.
The look, actually, no, sorry. It's been 17% or higher for the last 12 years. Now, consider what I said earlier. Consider the fact that I'm not in that number. I'm not in that number. And I can, without a single shed of a doubt, I can look you in the eye and say, I know I have depression. I know I have mental health issues. I know that. I'm well aware. It's only very, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's still recent that I have admitted that to myself. Let alone anybody else. And to be honest, it's it's easier for most of us to admit it to other people. But that silent, unspoken conversation that we have amongst ourselves, getting that person, getting that little voice to believe it, that's a whole different battle. That is a That's an entirely different battle. But think about that, man. One in every five people are diagnosed with depression. One in every five people have been diagnosed with depression. Consider... How many of us have never been diagnosed? Consider how many of us have never said a word. I would I would bet everything I have that it's double that number. There's no way that it's not. Because again, this is just adults. This is just adults. And like I said at the beginning of the video, or I'm sorry, at the beginning of the podcast, mental health does not discriminate. Mental health does not have an age limit, or requirement, rather. Mental health does not care what you look like, sound like, smell like. It doesn't care. It doesn't care if you're 10. It doesn't care if you're 90. Mental health doesn't care. And what's so scary is this stigma and this negative connotation about getting help, about admitting that you need help. That's that's scary. I mean, look at Chester Bennington, lead singer of Lincoln Park, that inspired me to make this episode. Think about him. Here's a guy that much, you know, I kind of alluded to this with the imposter syndrome, but here's a guy that achieved his main goal. He became a rock star. One of the biggest in the world. Lincoln Park was, I mean... Massive. I saw them in concert when they opened for Metallica in Gillette Stadium, where the Patriots play, when it was still a pretty new stadium. I mean, that's a big deal. I don't remember how many people were there, but it was thousands, thousands of people. The place seats 70,000. Half of it wasn't used because of the stage, but the the field was used. So I bet it was probably close to 60,000 people, maybe more. Packed. And I mean, everybody loved them. They did amazing. The guy just super creative, very, just a very inspirational guy. But even him, in some sense, especially him, you know, he can't need mental... He can't have mental health issues. How can he have mental health issues? He's rich. How can he be depressed? He's rich. He's a superstar. 
He's got a beautiful family. He has everything he's ever wanted. He, he's got a mansion if he wants it. He, he could go buy anything that he wants to right now. Right now. He could buy 20 of them. He can't have depression. Well, how much more does the guy need? Right? That's what we hear. That is, oh my God, that is so far away from having any relevance to mental health that it, it's not even funny. Like I said, think about our body as a, as a priority pyramid. I, can't, I came up with that on the fly too. I'm not going to lie. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. I'm going to go ahead and give myself a little pat on the back here. There we go. All right. I feel better. You feel better? Good. But seriously, I mean, it kind of works, right? Think about your body as a priority pyramid. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Head, mouth, heart, hands, whatever. I'm not good with numbers. I failed English. Oh boy. Seriously, man. Like, what is a guy like him supposed to do? He could, and I wish he would have, admitted to himself and to the people closest to him that he needs help and then get the help. And then get, that's, that's the part that is so hard for a lot of us is making that actually going and following through and getting the help. Our minds and our, our, the way we think, it's just such a, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It is so beautifully complex what our minds and our brains are capable of doing. We could move mountains or we can handicap ourselves. I mean, that's <laughs> that's quite a range. That's quite a range. It really is. So, you know, I, again, like a few other things we've talked about, I don't even know what we do. What do we do? What needs to happen for this stigma to go away for mental, for how do we go from addressing mental health being a weakness to addressing mental health being applauded and encouraged and supported? I don't, you know, one thing I didn't look up is the mortality rate, but if you had cancer, do you think people would tell you to go get treatment? It's a terminal disease, right? Of course they would. How come when you have depression, it's looked at like, you know, well, figure, you know, kind of, yeah, I'll be nice to you on the surface, but you know, deep down, just figure it out, you know, get over it, figure it out. You have no reason to be depressed. You, you know, you have a great family, you have a great, whatever it might be. You have no idea. You don't even know what it is. You don't even know what causes it. Most of us have no idea 
what causes it or how it is or um, how to treat it or how it comes to be. You know, I don't know. I don't know where my whole family always wanted the best for me. Everybody in my life wanted the best for me. Always. And they made, they were always very vocal about that. I had, I mean, I don't know how you could have a more, a more supportive family than the people I was surrounded with in my youth. I don't know where this whole imposter depression thing came from. I don't know where. I have ideas. I have theories. But if it came down to it, I don't have an answer for you. I really don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. But like I said in episode six, when I started to think about it, man, did it make sense. A scary amount of sense. Ever since I came into the working world, I would get a job. I would learn the business, learn the job over, you know, a week, two weeks, whatever. And then I would just put my head down and I would charge to the front of the pack. I don't care what job it was. I don't care what it was revolving around, what my tasks were, who I was working with. I'm a great people person. I know how to handle people. And I'm a hard worker. I went to the, as far as I could go without like a, a time requirement, you know, a time, a time worked requirement, whatever. I went as far as you can possibly go everywhere I ever worked. And it's like the second I reached that point, I was done. I was done with that job. I wanted nothing more to do with it. And I, I never knew why. I never even really knew what was happening until I revisited and kind of thought about all these things after learning about this whole imposter syndrome thing. I mean, it's kind of freaky to be totally honest. I've never had anything make that much sense to me. So yeah. <clears throat> um, what do you, what do you do about it? There's hotlines. There's, you know, you could look for a good therapist if you have, you know, good insurance and they happen to cover that sort of thing, which that's a whole different topic. Cause like I said, you know, it's not really a, a disease. It's not really a disease. You, you just, you know, you just feel bad about yourself, right? I mean, that's all it is. Just get over it. It's so not true. That is the, uh, so not true. So far from the truth. To think somebody like Chester and when he went to bed that night, I've seen countless because I was, I was just in shock, quite frankly, when that happened. Because he was, I mean, he was one of my favorites. I love Linkin Park. Absolutely love Linkin Park. Amazing songwriter, amazing vocalist. They were, um, you know, they kind of revolutionized rock and roll. Fused rap and hip hop. Um rock and hip hop. I mean, they just, they were groundbreakers. And that night, the night before he passed away, when he went to bed, everybody that loves him, knows him, he had kids. 
But he had kids that he knew he was leaving. Like, how do you, man, doesn't it, doesn't it make you wonder for somebody to look at your kids right now? Think about your kids. Think about where you would have to be mentally to want to leave them for good and just, just leave them and your wife or husband and your family. Think about how bad it has to be. Think about how crazy that struggle must be to just want out. Think about that. I mean, mo most people won't, you know, and just kind of shake their head and go, man, that's sad. That's too bad. But what, is, what does that mean to you? It's sad. It's too bad. What is, what are you saying? You know, and I'm not, you know, you don't owe anything to anybody. You personally, you don't owe anything to anybody. It's not up to you, especially if it's not your battle. You, you don't owe anything to anybody. You don't have to understand it if you so choose. But I really encourage you to, because like I just said, there's 20% of everybody we know has been diagnosed. Not 20% of people have it. 20% of people have been diagnosed. It was bad enough for, <clears throat> it was bad enough for 20% of adults that they went and got help and got diagnosed. I am very comfortable saying that number is at least 30%. Like I said earlier, I'm leaning more towards 40. Probably higher, honestly. And the, they're the weak ones. I don't know how we get to a place where that stigma leaves the uh, its relationship with mental health issues. I don't know how we get to that place. I know that that would help addiction. I know that that would help crime rates. That would help how many kids have parents in their lives. What those kids' parents are doing for them that are in their lives. The quality of life that that family has. I mean, the effect that depression has on our lives, our day-to-day -day lives, it's so significant, you really can't even put it to words. Because it's, like I said, let's revisit the whole body pyramid thing. You can't, you can't execute anything else <clears throat> to your full potential. You'll never know how good you can be at something. You'll never know how far you can take something when you're fighting that fight. So I don't know when that stigma leaves. I don't know when people start to think about someone that has depression like they think about someone that has diabetes. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know if that'll ever happen. But like I said, if somebody knew you had cancer, they would want you to go get help because it's terminal. Guys, mental health is absolutely terminal. In so many cases, cancer's not always terminal, right? People beat cancer all the time. People beat mental health all the time. But the difference is, you know, Saucy Mom had cancer. 
She was in remission for 10 years and she's cancer free. The difference is depression. There is no 10 year remission. There is no doctor's appointment. There's no CTI scans. There's no MRIs that are going to help. It's tough. It's so tough. But to everybody that doesn't struggle with mental health, yet you really have to start opening your mind to the fact that you don't understand it. You don't know what, what it is. You don't know what it's like to live with that. So therefore, you have absolutely no basis to judge what they should do about it. Or to even what to say. It's, it, it's hard for people that don't have it as well. Like, what do you say to, to somebody? What do you do? How do you help? And honestly, a lot like addiction, they have to want it for themselves, which is scary. Because like I said, a lot of people will never get to a place where they can admit it to themselves that they are struggling, that they have mental health issues. A lot of people will never get to that place. So that's kind of scary. So all you can do is just encourage, look for signs. Sometimes there isn't any. Sometimes they go they go to bed on their last night laughing, smiling, telling everybody they are perfectly fine. There is no way for you to know there's something wrong with them. That's what's wild. That's what's really scary. The battle is all in here. So many of us have, we don't even know how to explain it because we don't understand it ourselves. I'm 34. I am just now really starting to understand and learn not even what it is that's wrong. I just know as of now, (laughs) very recently, I've learned what the repercussions are, what the symptoms are, what the effects it has on my life are. I still don't know what causes it or what I can really do to, to help it, you know? All I know is I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I could never look at my kids and, you know, say good luck. That is, that is nowhere in my DNA. So I, I thank the heavens for that. I really do because I'm obviously not as my, my, my quote unquote case isn't as significant. Um, good God isn't as significant or severe as those that can do that or those that feel like they have to do that. They have no other escape. They are so exhausted of that battle, constant battle in their head and just having to be, having to wear something else on the outside for so many years They just get exhausted. That I can relate to. That I can totally relate to. Because I I do I do get that. And the more I learn about mental health and the signs and the symptoms and all that stuff, I definitely get a better grasp and handle on what it is that I'm looking for. But I'm definitely still working on what to do about it. I'm definitely still working on not letting it get the better of me. 
And don't get me wrong, I don't want to sound like the exact guy I was talking about earlier. It's not exactly that easy. <laughs> it's not that I can just say I'm not going to let it get the better of me today. It doesn't work like that. Go tell somebody with heart disease, hey, listen, just chill out, okay? Just don't let it get the better of you today. Just, you know, hit yourself in the chest a couple times. You'll be all right. It doesn't, it's a disease, mental health disease. It is a chemical imbalance. There are chemicals in our brain that when functioning properly, we think clearly, it controls all that stuff. Thought process, motivation, love, compassion, it, it, the, the, the perfect brain chemistry does all those things. But the mental health disease is when those chemicals in someone's brain are off. They are not in balance. They are not uh, operating correctly. So they're not going to have thoughts like you have. They are going to perceive the world completely differently than somebody who doesn't have that problem. Now, I am terrified, I'll be totally honest, absolutely terrified of getting some kind of pill prescribed to me for mental health. I I don't want to say I refuse, because I, I guess I could see a scenario where somebody could sell me on it, somebody that is very educated and a lot smarter than I am and has facts to back it up, but that's honestly what terrifies me, is I kind of promised myself I'd never take a pill for anything ever again, unless it was Advil or something, you know? So I do struggle with that a little bit, but at the, like I just said, I could be sold on it if, uh, if it's from the right person and, um, they give me the right information. So what Peter said in his, uh, in his video was he was going to leave a link for a hotline that you can call if you're ever having, you know, God forbid, if you're ever having suicidal thoughts, um, I'm going to, Bring that up here. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to put this in my description as well on YouTube. But for those that are just listening, get out a pen or get out your phone. Okay. This is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Okay. This is that number you call when you do think You've had enough and you're ready to check out. Are you ready? 1-800-273-8255. Again, my thanks goes to Peter Hollins for taking the time at the end of that video 
to send that message to his viewers to be so transparent. You know, that he's a perfect example. That guy is so positive. He's so upbeat. He's so happy all the damn time. The second he said that, I mean, go watch my reaction. It's not up yet, but by the time you guys hear this, it probably will be. Go watch my reaction. The second he said that, I've been struggling with depression all my life. I, I lost control. I instantly started bawling. I mean, I didn't, you know, I wasn't animated about it. I took my face off of camera for, <laughs> to maintain some dig dignity. <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, that's all it takes to know that somebody like him, somebody that I really look up to in this whole content world, somebody that I look up to in the sense of a human being, as a dad, as a husband, as just a, a human being, period. To know that he's been struggling it, struggling with it his whole life. I mean, you could see how emotional it made how emotional it made him talking about it. I had no idea. I had no idea. So what makes you think what makes you think it can't happen to you? What makes you think you're above it? You're not. I'm I don't I'm sorry, but you're not. You're, none of us are. So again, I'm going to close this out with a message that I try to give on every episode. Much like every topic we talk about, every other topic we talk about, I am not under any stretch of the imagination in any way, shape, or form a mental health expert. I am not educated at all in mental illness, in therapy, in psychology. I am not. I absolutely know nothing. I know, I technically know absolutely nothing when it comes to this stuff. Okay? So don't take anything I say as fact. Don't live by anything I say. If you're inspired by a message I send, that is all I hope for. But, again, these are just my opinions based on life experience, based on what I see in the world, and based on my own struggles. Based on the battles that I have to this very day. It sucks. It, you know, to be totally blunt, it, it sucks. It sucks. I, man, thinking about how I have dominated whenever I so choose at a new job, it's always a new job because, you know, a couple of years into it, I'm bored. Come to find out, I'm not bored. I just don't think I deserve that next step. Somewhere in here, I I get to a certain point and it's, all right, that's enough. Let's go do that again. Let's go find a new challenge. Maybe I'll deserve the next one. I mean, it's scary how much sense that made to me. Again, I, I still really can't believe it. <laughs> the whole time I was reading the description of it, I'm going, oh my God. There it is. There I am in a paragraph. 
But yeah, and again, to those of you that are blessed with proper brain chemistry and don't have any struggles like that or thoughts like that, if you know somebody that does, again, there's only so much you can do, but there is so much you can do. There really is. Just by being positive and supportive. Trying not to stress them out if not necessary. Trying to, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring up an issue, propose a solution. Propose a helping hand. Propose encouragement. Just, just to let them know that you see them. Just to let them know you see them, you're proud of them, I, you know, I'm really happy you're in my life. I can't even tell you how far that goes. That goes so far. Especially, you know, depending on your relationship to this person. If you just grab them and just say, hey, I just want you to know that I am, I am so effing proud of you. I am so proud of you. I know what you've battled with. Well, I, I know of what you've battled with. I know <clears throat> the gist of what your struggles are. Or you don't even have to go that far with it. Especially if, especially if they don't think you know, <laughs> which is unfortunately very common. But if they don't think you know anything about their depression or whatever it might be, it's okay. It's okay. Just grab them and just, man. I'm so effing proud of you. I am so glad you're in my life. I just wanted you to know that. Simple, straight to the point. Depending on your relationship, maybe you tell them, look, I love you. I I really love you. I am so proud of you. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Do you, do you need anything? Is there anything I can do? Can I help in any way with, with anything? We're not even talking about depression right now. This is just you to another human being putting it in their heads that there is somebody out there that sees them, that knows how hard their road has been, and that is here to help if they need it. You don't need to tell them that, you know, you're okay if they fail or, you know, because that's, man, that is all that little demon voice is waiting on. Let me tell you what. Go ahead and propose something that is really stressful for them in a, in a negative way and then just walk away. If you knew what you just did to that person that is already so down on themselves, which you can't see very rarely. Will you know that if you only knew and is that what you, is that the effect you want to have on them? Is that the effect that you want to have on that person? Do you want them to, add you and your doubt to their pile of self-doubt and lack of belief in themselves. I doubt it. I doubt that's what you want for them, but that's exactly what you do when you do those things. That's exactly what happens. It, this leads me kind of back to where, what we've talked about so many times we're all humans, man. We're all humans. We're all just human beings. 
your life is no more valuable than mine, mine no more valuable than yours. We're all just, we're all just human beings. Given the gift of life, we're all walking right beside each other on this planet, this rock floating through space. So things like, ah, man, I don't know. Things like possessions and money, I can't even... There's something about my soul since I was a little kid. I have despised the thought, the the every everything to do with money is just so opposite what the gift of life is supposed to represent. I don't know, man. Now I'm getting into a whole new world of... Uh, of topics here, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anybody that does think they're struggling or know they're struggling or want help, who cares? Who cares about that negative connotation and that stigma? Listen, as an addict, I know all about it. I know all about it. I'm going to tell you right now, the way that a pharmacist treats somebody going to pick up medication that is given to addicts, those people, most of the time, I have had some great ones in my, in my journey, but I can't tell you how many times I've left there feeling like a dog with my tail between my legs. And then later thinking about it, thinking about how I let them make me feel and just getting filled with rage. I mean, they try to make you feel like a doormat, like you don't even deserve to be standing there. Like your road should have ended a long time ago. How did you make it here? You know, we're, we're not the same. I'm, I am, you know, I'm not an addict. I couldn't even, how do you let yourself get there? You know, the, the, um, the high horse is so prevalent. It's disgusting. It's, infuriating. So I know all about it. I know all about the stigma and how, what it feels like when somebody says, how can I help you? And you know, as soon as you answer that question, their face is going to change their immediate thoughts of you or openness to the person you might be immediately changes. As soon as you tell them what you're there for. Excuse me. I know what that feels like. I know exactly what that feels like. So, yeah. For you, for me, when we go to the therapist and we say, look, I am really depressed. At least that's what I'm thinking based on what I've read and what I'm told. I, I want help. I want to learn how to cope with this. I want to learn how to process things. I want to learn how to, how to heal it, how to get better or at least manage it so that I can, I can move forward in my life. I I want my ceiling to be a lot higher for my work life, for my love life, for my parenting life, for my relationship life. My ceiling is so much lower than it should be because of this junk going on in my head. So let's, let's all do it together. Okay. 
Let's all do it together. If they want to look at us all with a crooked eye, that's fine. That's fine. Let them think we're weak. Let them think you're weak. Just smirk, just smile. Just smile and just walk away. Let them think we're weak. Oh my God. Let them think we're weak. I beg you. Don't fight it. Don't argue. Don't even try. If they only knew what it takes to walk the road that we walk with what we deal with, they have no idea. Their horse would get awfully small if they had to live five minutes with that war going on in their head while trying to do everything that they have to do. You can't make somebody understand your struggle. You can't transfer your pain to somebody so that they'll understand. You do your best to explain it. If they want the best for you and try to help, you have to show love back. You have to appreciate them for that. And above all, you have to accept it. You have to accept the help. You have to let them help you. And look, man, you know, that's no easier for me than it is for you. I promise. If anything, I, I'm up there with the worst of you guys when it comes to struggling to ask for help. And that all falls into this imposter thing. I'm not using it as a crutch. I'm just 34 years old and finally starting to make sense of some of these things that I don't understand about my brain. As, as much as it sucks... It's equally as exciting to know that at least now I know what I'm trying to work on. At least now I know what I need help with. At least now I know. For 33 years and three kids and a wife and family stuff and, you know, just having a human life. I had no idea, which made it all way worse. Like, what is wrong with me? How can everybody do all this stuff and, you know, like, why aren't they having this problem? How can they have goals? How do you have goals? I wasn't able to set a, a legitimate goal with myself. Not stuff that you tell people. Anybody can do that. You can be the most depressed person in the world and tell somebody, you know, I have goals. I've set some goals for myself. I'm really excited. But that doesn't mean absolutely anything that means a total of zero for the first time in my 34 years i have goals that i have goals me in my head me amongst me i have set goals within myself for the first time ever because i do th think i deserve those things if i put in the work and i make the commitment and i make the sacrifice along the way I know how to get to where I want to go. And damn it, I'm going to get there. Because why not me? Why not you? Why can't you get to wherever you want to go? Why not? Why not? You can. That's the answer. You can. You can. Like I just said, no matter what you're dealing with, it is going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take all of those things that we know comes with hard work. 
comes with achieving great things. It is super, super hard. If it was easy, everybody would have all the great stuff in the world. But it's not. It's very, very hard. But if we revisit the old body pyramid that I just invented, it's not hard. It's impossible if number one isn't straight. <clears throat> if number one isn't straight, you you stand no. You can't achieve those goals. No, you can't. Will you get lucky every now and then and keep skating by? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have a doubt in my mind. Will you ever achieve your goals? What you truly want to accomplish in your life? No. No, you won't. You will never be fulfilled. You will never be happy. You will never be happy. And I'm not talking about laughing and joking around with your family or friends or whatever. You. You with your eyes and your mouth closed in your head, happy. In your mind, in your heart, you will never be happy. It, for a lot of us, we kind of forget how to do that. And I think that's, that's, even if you don't know, even if you don't know what you need for help or how you need help, I think just working on it and just trying to piece back together normal thought processes and normal outlooks on life, normal, and by normal, I just mean healthy. I mean, you know, if you're, if everybody in your life is good and healthy and there's no problems, why can't you lay down and be happy? And I'm kind of looking at myself when I ask that question, because I don't know. I don't know. I can be perfectly happy with everybody in my... I could be the, the, um, the life of the party. I can make anybody laugh. In fact, I often do. I always have. You know, what do we know about comedians, right? What do we know about most great artists? Some of the most depressed people in the world. It's pretty amazing stuff. It's, it's amazingly complicated, like I said earlier. But I, I would love to get to that place. To be totally honest with you, I don't know what that feels like anymore. So I need help. I need help remembering that. I need help getting there again. I don't know, to be honest, what it feels like to close your eyes and just be happy. Just feel that peace in your heart and in your mind. I don't know. I don't know what that feels like anymore. To be totally transparent... I don't know. I really lost touch with that over a long period of time, over a lot of battles, over all kinds of mountains up and down them. I, I, I don't know what that feels like. I'm just being totally transparent so you don't feel like you're alone. You are not. You are not weird. You are not out of the ordinary. If anything, the minority are the mentally healthy ones. That's what's crazy. So that 20% number, that is garbage. We all know that's garbage, especially today. I mean, I don't know. All I know is I'm not going to give up on it. That's all I know. I, Looking at you right now, I don't really know what 
that process looks like as far as getting that feeling back and learning how to do those things again, how to, how to process different events and emotions and, you know, uh, priorities and, um, just self-acceptance. I can, you know, I, I'm as good as I know how to be to everybody in my life. It's just, just kind of, that's who I am. I'm as good as I know how to be to the people I love. But I gotta, I, man, it's time to be that guy for myself. It's time for you to be that guy or gal for yourself. It's time. Listen, it's August. It is August 22nd, right? Yeah. It's August 22nd, 2023. Man, what is going on with my brain? It is August 22nd, 2022. Okay, it is currently 8.44 p.m. Eastern Time. And let's see. It is now August 22nd, 2022, 8.45 Eastern Time. Guess what? I will, it will never be. August 22nd, 2022, 8.44, ever again. That minute is gone forever. I will never get that minute back. I am a minute closer to the end of my journey than I was a minute ago. Every word I say to you is one less word that I have left to say. When you really think about that, when you really put that into perspective... Man, do some of these things not seem so important. You know? Just the the stupid stuff that we prioritize in this world. And I get it. A lot of it is it's a necessary evil. But you best be, you best believe it's evil. You best believe it's evil. And I get that it's necessary, so we have to we have to do certain things to to live on this earth to live in 2022 i get it but as far as where you where you put its level of importance in your mind in your heart what is its level of importance to your happiness is the big question that is so important what i just said Where do you place, man, any, any stressor, any stressor, like right now, totally random example. I need tires on my wife's car. I kind of, it's kind of stressful. I don't have the money for that, you know, but do, do I need to get it done so we can continue to drive the car, get the kids to school, go, you know, live. Yeah. It needs to get done and it's expensive. It's kind of, it's, it's stressful, but that should have absolutely no impact on my happiness. That should have no impact on how I feel about my life, about this amazing gift that I have right now, the ability to breathe and to think and to see and to interact with people and love and be loved. It should have no impact on that. Nothing money related should. Your goals should not have to do with money. That Your goals should have to do with if it is money related, it should be what that allows you to do 
spiritually and mentally. You know what I mean? Your goal should be, I want to do this to accomplish this feeling. Like I so badly want to, my dream is to turn this place into a home for the homeless. Okay. And I want to farm this 130 acres that's behind my house. I want to buy it first and then I want to farm it. And I want to turn my existing house into a house for the homeless where people can come rehabilitate themselves, get their lives in order while having a job right in their backyard while they do so. No need to travel. No need to go anywhere. They wake up. They farm the land. They get paid for it. They get food for it. And they live right here in a beautiful, very good for the soul area. That's my dream. And it's not because I want to make a bunch of money. No. I didn't say I want to sell the houses or rent the houses. It's because I want to, I want to make an impact. I want to change every single person that walks in this place to call it home for however long it might be. I want to leave a lasting impact on them. I want, I want to change their future. And it's, it has nothing to do with power or patting myself on the back. I just want to know that I'm providing a place for people to get their lives back. I am providing a tool that they didn't have before. That's just a totally, again, completely random example. That's just one of my goals. If, if any of my goals revolve around wealth, it is strictly specifically so that for one, I can leave a lasting impact, but a lot of it has to do with helping other people because of the way that makes me feel. There, you know, I don't, I think no matter how depressed somebody gets or what mental hurdles they have to deal with, you do stumble across certain things that you go, Oh, Whoa, I love the way that felt. I would like to get that back again. And for me, that's always been helping people always, always, always since I was a little kid. I was the class counselor in school. <clears throat> I, you know, I've just always loved to help people. I've always loved to make people feel good. And um, I, I don't know. I just, I want to learn and I want you to want to learn. I hope you heard me. I want you to want to learn how to make you happy. And I'm going to do the same thing for me. Imagine, as this is what I was starting to say earlier, when I think about how much I've dominated at different jobs, I can't even imagine what I could have done at these places if I could actually apply myself. I'm going straight to the top of these companies with half of my attention on it and the other half fighting this unwinnable battle in my head. It's kind of crazy to think about. I can't imagine where I would be in my life right now or what I could accomplish or what I'd be capable of if I could apply myself like some people can. I'm going right by people that don't have any issues like that. I think I've made it pretty apparent. I am well aware that a lot of them do, but there was definitely some that didn't. And I'm the weak one. Yeah, I don't think so. No, sorry. No, 
No, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. If you don't struggle with that, if you don't have any experience, you just have no idea. And that's okay. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. That is, that's amazing. That's amazing. Guess what? You have the gift to be able to help people that do. And no, you can't relate to them, but you can offer stability. You can offer encouragement and love and all those other great things that people like me need in those situations. Again, I'm not going to talk about stuff on here that I don't have experience in. This is firsthand real life experience. But yeah, so I don't know, had a good little mini cry today. (laughs) Thank you, Peter Hollins. Um, man, I don't know that that stigma will ever leave, but let's not wait for it to. Okay. Let's not wait for that stigma to leave before we, um, before we do something about it. There's a stigma around herpes, right? There's a stigma around STDs, but you're not just going to let yourself croak over it. You're going to go, you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to ask for the help. You're going to get the medication. You're going to take care of it, right? Well, we have an STD in our mind that you can't see. You can't, you know, there's no cream for it. It's not contagious. Well, I guess in some sense it is. <sighs> yeah. So let's go take care of our brain herpes. Huh? Let's go to see Doc and say, hey, Doc, I got brain herpes and I need a cream for that. Pronto. Who cares what people think is the bottom line. They have their life. They're going to live and die. They're going to have their life experience that has 1 million percent nothing to do with yours. Take control of yours. Who cares what anybody else thinks? I know it's easier said than done, guys. (laughs) I'm trying to I'm trying to give you all of the information that I can to tell you I am right there with you. I am right boots on the ground, front line. I'm right there with you. I know exactly what you're going through. Not exactly, but I I know the gist of it. I know how it feels and I know how embarrassing and how worthless you feel to have to ask for help for that kind of stuff. I listen, I get it. I did it with addiction. And now this is the, um, I guess the root of the problem. (laughs) So I'm a lot better than I once was. And you know what? A year from now, I'm going to say the same thing and it's going to be true again. And I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. And I want you guys to do the same thing. No matter what, no matter how bad it gets, it is never, never worth checking out early. You never know what tomorrow has for you. You absolutely never know. And you damn sure have no idea what's on the other side of that 
that exit door. You don't know. You do, everybody has a theory. Everybody has beliefs. Everybody, you know, wants to do certain things in the hopes that these stories are true about where we go after. But the, the fact of the matter is nobody knows. Nobody knows. So no matter what you believe, let's live our lives like we have no idea. Let's live our lives like we there is nothing after this. I'm not telling you to believe that, because I damn sure don't believe that. But I'm telling you to live your life like... Live your life like it's everything, because it is. Just just make the most of it. And to make the most of it, you get, you got to get this thing right. This big old melon up here, you got to get it right. Imagine how much better you could be for your family. Imagine how much more successful you could be. Imagine the goals that you that you would feel comfortable setting because you would finally feel like you deserve them. Just imagine that. Imagine the ability to do that. I, I know what it feels like to be jealous of people that can, but enough of that. That's their life. That's their journey. Yours is yours. Mine is mine. And I don't care what the pharmacist thinks when I go tell them I got brain herpes and I need the, the cream that, you know, Dr. Gigolo sent over a cream for my brain herpes. My name is Saucy Dad. Can I have the bag, please? They're going to look at me crooked. They're going to give me it. I'm going to smile and I'm going to walk out. They're going to think I'm weak. And then a couple of years from now, they're going to see me on the news opening up my house for the homeless farm. And, uh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll be on camera patting myself on the back. I don't know. I'm obviously making light and being sarcastic, but you guys know what I mean. So we've gone plenty long enough. I'm not going to keep you anymore. Just please take this seriously, okay? This is not a joke. This is not something that you can just live with like a, I don't know. There's certain things that you can procrastinate as far as going to the doctors or whatever. Certain things aren't life or death. Certain things aren't a big deal. This, this is the biggest of deals. This is number one. This is everything. There's nothing else that's a part of your body that affects your everyday life at the level that your your brain does. Nothing. So we got to get it right. We got to get it we got to get it fixed. We got to do whatever we got to do and um that just starts with reaching out, making a phone call. Just let's do whatever we can do. Okay? We're let's not settle. This hasn't beaten us. Okay, we're still here. You're sitting there listening to me. So you're still fighting and I'm I am effing proud of you for sitting through this and listening to this to try to get something from it. I hope you did. I did just talking about it. I know I did. I definitely did. I feel way better now than I did an hour and a half ago. I hope somebody out there does too. Um if you guys have any advice, maybe somebody that is treating mental illness, maybe somebody that has been where I'm talking about being, 
if you could comment what steps you took first to find your way out of the woods and just, just start the process. I'm not saying there's a magic switch because there isn't. There isn't one phone number you can call to fix it. There, that's not the way it works. Much like addiction, it's, it's way deeper than that. It's a process. So if anybody out there is dealing with their mental illness and happy with at least the progress they're making, I would absolutely love and be so thankful if you would comment and tell us how you started your journey. Where did your process begin? What's the first phone call you made? What did you, what did you do? What did you do? I would be so thankful for anybody that does that. Um, any advice you could share. Because like I said, with the stigma, it's just not talked about. It's not common knowledge. What our first steps should be, how we should go about this, it, I, we don't know. Hardly anybody knows because it's voodoo to even admit that it's happening, which is just ridiculous to me. But I'm talking in circles now, so I'm going to let you guys go, move on with the rest of your day. But please, guys, I beg you, do something about it. Stop letting it run you. Stop letting it hold you back. Write out your vision board. Write out your goals. Let's let's get this thing moving. Let's make tomorrow way better than today. That's up to you. That's up to me. We control that. Nobody else gets to decide that. We do. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter what you look like, we decide what we get out of tomorrow. For me, I'm going to get another day's progress of figuring out how I start and continue, not start, but how I continue my mental health journey, how I continue to get back control of my thought process and all things related. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for watching. I really appreciate the support guys. Uh, again, check us out on YouTube. We have such an amazing family over there. It's it's just such a tight-knit, great community. We're going to turn 25,000 subscribers the next day or two. Um, well, depending when you're hearing this, we might have already done so. But, um, yeah, thank you to everybody. Saucy Dad on YouTube. The links are in the description, depending where you're watching this. There should be a little description box, and I try to put the link tree in there. That's where you can find all my social medias. Um, we stream on Twitch, watching videos. We we do all kinds of stuff. So just go get subscribed. Go get your notifications on so you know when all these things happen. And um, I really look forward to seeing you guys there. Come join the family, man. We're just about uh, loving. We're about life. We're about good times. And we're about making the most out of today, out of every minute that we're blessed enough to be walking this crazy little rock flying through space. This has been the Inner Sauce, Episode 7. I am Saucy Dad. I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Stay safe out there. Peace out. Saucy family.